This is the Cascade Hiker Podcast. Find us over at CascadeHikerPodcast.com. I'm a country boy with the soft side. My heart wanders up north to the hillside. Now I've never made anyone quite as beautiful as you. I'm your host, Rudy Gets It. I'm here to inspire you to get out on the trail. You putting in two-mile hikes, five-mile hikes? Are you still on the couch? Come on, let's go on a backpacking trip. I'm going to introduce you to some folks that have done that and a whole lot more. All right, next on the Cascade Hiker Podcast, what's your name and where are you from? Hi, I'm Susan Elderkin. I live in West Seattle. Okay, well, hey, we got you on here. Um, I've got your book, Best Hikes with Kids, Western Washington. Is that yours? It is. (laughs) It was published uh, back in April. Oh, okay. So it's fairly new. Um, so t- let's talk a little bit about that. Um, actually, before actually before we get into that, um, I uh, I reached out to some folks that uh, that know you, and uh, I got a question uh, from Jesse Lorich. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, she said that I should ask you about um, making weekends out of outings. Can you talk about that a little bit? You know what she's talking about? I do. Um, in my book, I've put together uh, 13 different uh, getaways for families because I found with having two kids at home that getting out for a weekend day hike is, is kind of hard sometimes, especially when the kids are really young and you don't want to take more time driving to and from the trailhead than you would actually hiking itself. And so as a family, we found it more fun um, to actually go someplace a little bit further afield and either camp or get a motel room and make a weekend out of it. So, um, and and that's why I did most of a a lot of the research for the book as well. Um, We would have a long three day weekend. And so we'd go up say to Bellingham and go hike all around Bellingham and then have like a burger at a, a local, uh, you know, brew pub at night and mix up and do a few things besides hiking to make it fun for the kids. That's good. Yeah. I mean, you know, so many people sit there and say, oh man, you know, I don't want to go hiking. Uh, like you say, Bellingham from Seattle, uh, because of that drive. So you're able to break it up and, and kind of, kind of add something into it. Yeah. Yeah. We went to Bellingham, we went to Leavenworth, we went down to, um, Mount St. Helens over the Olympics. It's just really a great way to, to get out with the family. That's good. And I want to say to the listeners out there that uh, I'm not even kidding when I say that this is a very thorough book. Um, I kind of fancy myself uh, pretty good at finding kids hikes as well. Um, I think some people ignore some of the smaller local trails to cities and stuff. And um, I was very happy and surprised to see them in your book. Well, thanks. Um, I I think that's one of the things that I, uh, I focused on this book is that uh, it is easier to get out if you don't have to go that far. And there are so many great trails right near urban areas. Um, so why not highlight them that, you know, this is, this is your backyard and uh, you can go out and enjoy it too, you know, as well as going up into the Cascades, the Olympics and, and doing something that's a little bit more rigorous, but with little kids, really, you just want to introduce them to the outside and get them excited about all their little discoveries. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, you know, when you say that, uh, as far as like, see, I'm up kind of more on the North end side. So, um, you know, I live in Arlington, Marysville area. And so for me, it's like, somebody might say, Hey, you know, let's go down to Tacoma or something like that. And I'm thinking, no way. I I don't want to go down to Tacoma for anything. Um, but if you added in, like, say one of your hikes here, you have, uh, you know, the point defiance hikes and stuff. And like, I didn't even know those were there. Cause I'm not from the area. So, I mean, that's just perfect. Like you say, to kind of maybe, uh, you know, make a weekend out of a, make a weekend out of the outings. Yeah. I mean, Tacoma is a, it's a fun, it's a fun city to go to and you can point defiance park was one of the crown. Like I, I had never really spent much time there. I've been to the zoo, but I'd never really done anything else. And it was actually the last hike that I hiked for this book. Cause I always, yeah. it was close by. So I kind of kept it like, well, I can always go to this hike. But then at the end it was my last hike and it was a really great way to go out. I actually went out with my family on my birthday and uh, we spent four, um, it was a November birthday. Um, it's a four mile loop around the whole peninsula there with amazing views. Um, there's a, kids uh, uh there's a fort that you can go to um and visit uh there's the zoo um Tacoma has a great glass museum and an awesome art museum there's a lot of things to do in Tacoma that's good yeah and to be honest with you you don't know until you till you pick up a book like this because um I tell you I've already been planning some trips and, and one of you know one of the hikes that was actually on my radar already and um we every once in a while we'll get make it down to Great Wolf Lodge and I was uh in a in a different book on a different podcast, I was really uh drawn to the Mima Mima Mounds. And uh I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, and then I was so surprised to see it in here because it, it it's perfect for your book. But I would feel like most authors might leave that out, something like that. Yeah, you know, I was trying to find some uh some interesting places kind of in the orbit around Olympia. And uh, and I've always been fascinated by Mima Mounds because uh, there are these these it's it's like bubble wrap um, all the 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 terrain around there is all like bubble wrap and no one really knows why uh, so it's been like it's kind of one of those geologic oddities that I've always been interested in going to visit and I hadn't so I uh, I put it on my list to go uh, to visit and the the kids had fun because you can just you can um, try to figure out why, why the landscape looks like it does. And uh, yeah, I, I like all weird, the weird stuff, like <laughs> weird junk on trails, weird landscape formations. And, uh, and the kids seem to like that too. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, if you like it, the kids probably do too. Yeah. And you know, another good thing about something like Mima Mounds, which is just South of Olympia um, is that it's 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 right off of the I five corridor, and if you are traveling to um, Portland or someplace like that south, uh, it it or if you're going north, it's a good stopover to stretch the legs and um, or to try to get a little uh, outdoor time when you're going to Great Wolf Lodge. <laughs> you kind of need you need <laughs> to balance a Great Wolf Lodge experience with an outdoor. <laughs> natural experience. <laughs> That's it. I think. <laughs> uh, I can feel the tension in uh, the, the, the heat and everything. Okay. I'm kind of curious. One thing I'm wondering if you, if you thought this as well, when you're writing this book, um, you know, best hikes with kids, Western Washington, 
Um, I also, some of my listeners, um, maybe they haven't gotten out on a lot of hikes. Maybe they're not in very good shape. So really this book is kind of for them as well too, right? Even if they're adults. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, in fact, the, uh, the best hikes with kids, Western Washington, uh, book that was on the shelves before the one that I wrote. Um, I used it for a lot of person, like personally for a lot of winter hike ideas. Um, I've had a lot of people come up to me and say that, um, they like these hikes because they're good for creaky knees. So, you know, easy hikes for uh, people that have bad knees or who might be retired and just looking for something um, that's not super gung-ho, but um, that's a fun outing to do in the woods. I can't talk enough about Waymark Gear Company. Seriously. Uh, my daughters still have their packs. We gave away a pack on the show, and I recently met Mark down at PCT Days over the summer. And I just want to say on their website, really easy to find, waymarkgearco.com. Check out their two types of packs. You've got the through, the 38 to 42 liter packs, and then the light uh, 50 liter packs. So uh, the throughs are $210 where they start. And then the 50 liter uh, packs, uh, the kind of the Cadillac of the frameless packs, they start at $260. So go over, check it out. There's all kinds of colors to pick from. Uh, this is just a quick little ad here to uh, you know support the show. At least go over there and follow him on Instagram, uh, Waymark Gear Company. And tell him the Cascade Hiker Podcast sent you. Yeah, well, you know, you're kind of talking about winter. Um, that was another question that uh, Jesse Lorich wanted me to ask you. Um, do you have any tips for winter hiking with kids? Well, you know, I, I, the one thing that was so great about writing this book was that I got to go out in every different season and I, I had always been kind of a summer hiker, uh, and kind of thought that's my summer activity hiking. But, uh, I really loved hiking in the fall and the winter and the early spring. Uh, you can, there are a lot more views because all, there's no um, leaves on the trees. So someplace that might not have a view would have a view in the wintertime. Uh, you didn't really have to worry about overheating. Um, you just wear a lot of, uh, a lot of layers and go out there and try to hope that you have a good day. Um, we went out, uh, two consecutive new year's days and had really great time. Uh, our first, uh, the first, uh, uh, New Year's that I was ready to book, we went to uh, Cape Disappointment and hiked all around uh, Cape Disappointment State Park in uh, southwest Washington. And then we also went razor clanning. Um, and uh, then the next the next New Year's, we went up toward Anacortes and spent the night in Anacortes. And we hiked up to the top of Sugarloaf Mountain um, on Fidalgo Island on a beautiful, crisp winter day. I mean, the days, it's so clear out then. Uh, you can see out over Puget Sound, um, you know, so we just, we would dress in layers so that when you get hot, you know, it's cold, it's cold out and chilly out, but that you could take off the layers and pack them away. Um, when, uh, you got a little overheated and then you could, when you get to your destination, you can put all those layers back on and, um, ev everyone really liked hiking in the winter. Uh, cause you know, I, I do find like my kids get, they're, they're native Northwesterners and they do not like it when it's hot. <laughs> Their favorite weather is when it's 50 degrees and uh, cloudy. 
So winter hiking was great for them. They like that. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like it when it's 75 and sunny. <laughs> well, you kind of sound a lot, uh, kind of like some of the same theories I have is, um, I, I always get people asking me and not just about the kids. Um, you know, my kids are nine or I guess 10 and five now. And, uh, you know, so I get those questions all the time, but another, another one that people ask me is, well, uh, you know, it'll be summertime and they'll say, uh, Hey, you know, I, I really want to push myself is oyster dome, a good hike. And I, this is off topic a little bit, but I'll try to convince them to go, you know, maybe it's mid July. I'm like, why don't you go check this one out? It's a little bit further drive, but get into the mountains while they're open. Right. Right. And so that's kind of what you're talking about with your kids there. So you, you know, you're picking these kind of more, uh, lower elevation hikes during the winter. Yeah. It's a, uh, Puget sound hikes are great in the winter time. That's when we went up to, uh, to Bellingham and did our, our outing in Bellingham was, uh, over midwinter break in February. And, uh, the trails are, they're not as many people on them. It's lovely to be hiking when it's, they're not overcrowded. You don't have to worry about getting a parking place. Uh, and uh, it's just, it's easier hiking. And there's some great hikes over on the Olympic Peninsula. You can go out to uh, all the forts along there and in, um, in, in Whidbey Island, you know, like Fort Townsend, Fort Warden, um, Fort Flagler, it's in the book and, uh, you can, you can run around all these old military batteries and, uh, you know, whether it's summertime or it's wintertime. Yeah, that's good. Now, did you guys, have you guys ever done any kind of, uh, snowshoeing or anything as a family? You know, I, I did a lot of snowshoeing before I had kids. Um, I haven't done a lot with my kids. I, you know, it's, uh, I, I went out once with my son and he lasted, he, I don't know, he was about six at the time and he lasted about 15 minutes. And I thought, <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> we ended up over sledding. We thought, okay, it'd uh, be more fun to go sledding. Let's go sledding. <laughs> but uh, I like to get them out again. I just haven't done it. Yeah. Everyone would have to get snowshoes and we are one pair short. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, yeah, I, I was just kind of curious cause that kind of ties into that question as well. You know, the winter hiking. So I, I, let's, let's dive into the whole, um, what if, if somebody, cause I get this question all the time and somebody says, well, cause my kids, you know, they, I've been taking them out hiking in general, just since they were born basically. Not really. I mean, I waited till they're about 10, 10 months, 12 months old, but, uh, but you know, people say, well, how can I get my six year old out hiking? He doesn't want to go. You know, what do you tell that person? I know you, I know you get that question. Yeah. Well, you know, I sometimes have a hard time getting my kids off the sofa um, because they're not <laughs> like super hikers. They're just regular kids. And uh, if you, they have a screen involved, they're probably, they're going to want to do something that involves their screen rather than something outside. Um, that is the way things are these days. But uh, you know, for, for, Getting kids outside, I just I start um, something with something that's close by, but not super familiar. Um, so maybe a little bit further out, and and just do something short. I think a lot of people uh, make the mistake of choosing the wrong hike, um, and then it turns or or pushing too hard, and then it turns the kids off to the whole idea. My whole idea about going hiking was I want it to be fun for them and that 
the next time it comes up that they're going to say, oh, yeah, let's go do that again. Or they'll remember something fun about the experience. So uh, choosing the right hike, finding something that um, appeals to their uh, their interests, whether it be, say, wildlife or, um, you know, historical things that you might find along the trail, like from the old railroad days or uh, going to a lake if it's summertime and going swimming, something that, or, or throwing rocks into the water. That was my, the hook for my son when he was little. Uh, so we would always choose something along those lines. And then, which I took pains in this book to, to try to uh, uh, put together uh, lists of interests that could, uh, you know, like a, a list of five hikes where you can go eat berries or five hikes to hug big trees uh, just to get the, the ideas flowing. Um, so starting out with what they're interested in, uh, trying to go, go on hikes that are uh, shorter than you know that they could do, but so that they'll not be too upset if it's longer than they think it would be. Um, and, and going at their pace, that's the most important thing is, um, and, and also kind of losing your own expectation. Like the expectation of the hike is that we want it to be fun for the kids. And it's not the expectation of the hike is I'm not, it's not, I'm going to get to this lake. If they don't get to the lake, but they have a good time, then I still think it's a positive experience and it's not a failure that it's actually a, a success. Absolutely. And, and that's how I've, that's how I've gotten my kids to, to, uh, to move along on the, on the spectrum of hiking. Yeah. And we still go on shorter hikes than I know. I, I, we still go on shorter hikes than they, I know they can do. <laughs> no, that's good. I, I like those tips a lot. You know, one thing, uh, since, since you just busted out a lot of really good ones, I wanted to kind of add one in there that, uh, that I tell people from time to time is, um, maybe if you do a couple of those kind of a next day step, maybe would be, or it could be even the first, um, go on one of those really, really tough hikes, but know that you're not going to even get close to the end. And, uh, you know, just because the hike says it's uh, five miles round trip and your kids, you know, like you say, would rather be on the couch and this is your first time hiking. It doesn't mean that you can't just go for a few hundred yards or half a mile. And, um, and, and really, I think that piques the interest of the kids um, because then you think, you know, yeah, you didn't over push them, but you, you could show them then maybe a picture at home and say, hey, this is me when I was on top of that mountain or at that lake or um, man, how cool that we were right there, that kind of thing. So that, that's something I'll tell people uh, on top of some of the things you suggested. So Yeah, and, you know, also camping is a great way, is a great hook, is going camping with the kids, spending two nights somewhere at a campground, and then finding some short trails to go on that are nearby, is nearby the the campground and then, you know, following it up that after, that evening with s'mores around the campfire so that it's the, the experience is more than just the hike, but the whole like being outdoors. Yeah. And, I, and you've got some of those in your book too. Yeah. Some options there. Um, what about, uh, let's, let's dive into backpacking then because, uh, that's another thing that, uh, that people always want to know and how do you get kids started in backpacking and, um, I, I, you know, <laughs> I have some of the things I say, but man, you wrote the book on, on hiking with kids. So I really want to, want to dive into what, what you think. 
Yeah, I, I love hiking, uh, backpacking with my kids. Uh, we, uh, I didn't do it when they were babies because I really just didn't want to deal with the diaper situation. I couldn't figure out, it, it, but people do. <laughs> yeah. People definitely hike with their ki- their babies, and but I couldn't figure out how to carry all carry them and all the stuff. And so we waited until um, my kids were three and six. And I uh, went out to Shy Shy Beach for a weekend and my husband and I carried these ridiculously huge packs and the kids carried little day packs. And we did that um, for like a couple years. When the kids turned seven is when I got them their first kid sized backpack. Um, and they kind of they love the whole concept of being able to carry their things. Um and, you know, I just hadn't carry light stuff like this. As long as they could carry their sleeping bag, which is big and bulky, I was happy with that. Um, but we've moved our way up. Uh, this summer, we went to the um, Olympic coast and we hiked uh, up and down the headlands uh, down to Toliak Point. And it, we had a, a fantastic time. The kids really liked the a uh, challenge of going up and down rope ladders and things like that. It was a little harder on my body, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it's, it's been a great way for us to get out as a family. The other thing about backpacking that I really like is you don't have to have a campground reservation. So you can make, you can decide at the last minute when the weather looks good, Hey, let's go backpacking this weekend. And as long as you're not in the national park, you really can have those spontaneous outdoor experiences that are harder, you know, harder and harder to come by here in um, in Washington with so many people um, that live here now and who want to be outside recreating. Um, I find it, I, I don't like to make reservations for campgrounds because I don't like to think that far ahead of time. Uh, so backpacking's been that way that we can we can change our minds and uh, do something and really get away from it all too. Six Moon Designs uh, picked up a lunar solo tent. Really excited about this. Uh, I want you guys to go over to sixmoondesigns.com. That's uh, all one word, of course, Six Moon Designs. So there's an S on the end there, dot com. Um, I picked up the lunar solo, 200 bucks. It's only 26 ounces uh, listed on their on their website there. Uh, I'm excited about this. I, I fit no problem in this thing. I've always been kind of weary of uh, solo type tents because um, I'm a big hiker. I'm, I'm 6'4", very wide, and there's plenty of room. I could easily squeeze one of my kids in there with me, and, and the vestibule is huge too. If uh, you know if you hike with a dog and you've got a pad for the dog, whatever, it could easily sleep under this uh, vestibule with your pack and everything out there, um, boots or whatever you got going on. Um, Anyway, yeah, so don't worry about that. It's also, uh, I've always been a little weary of uh, single wall tents, but this has, uh, you know, sort of the mesh, the, the, the mosquito netting, uh, about six inches, and, and then six inches of a bathtub floor as well with a, the with a bottom. So it's sort of like a tarp, but um, it, it sets up as one tent. Anyway, go over there. There's plenty of videos and stuff on the website, sixmoondesigns.com. So when you, when you guys packed in that first time to Shy Shy, um, did you guys bring certain items in? Like, were there certain things where you're like, you know, if we have this on their first time backpacking, it's going to be make that much better? Was there, um, 
type of food or dinner that you used or, or you know, to try to help that along? Or? Oh, we brought their favorite mac and cheese uh, dinner and, and some spaghetti. I mean, the same things that they would like to eat at home um, that they don't get all that often taste even better out on the trail. Uh, the hardest thing about backpacking in along on the coast in, in the Olympic national park is you have to bring a, a bear container. And if you have a, a family of four and, and you're having to carry a lot of your kids gear, um, you need, and you're going out for a couple of days, you need two bear canisters. Hmm. Um, and they are huge and it, it's really hard to find space to put all your rest of your gear. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I, my, my, my mistake has always been, I've been bringing too little <laughs> along and we had to kind of ration food by the end of the, by the end of the trip, which is no fun. <laughs> right on. Well, uh, we didn't really talk too much about, uh, kind of the process of writing the book. Um, you, you talked about some of the trips you did and whatnot, but, uh, uh you mentioned that there was a first book and, and did you pick all the same hikes? How did you, how did you decide which ones to add or, or take out? Yeah. So, uh, best hikes with kids was, um, it's the, it was the flagship book in Mountaineers books, uh, kids series. And, uh, it was originally written, um, in the late 1980s by, um, Joan Burton. And she, uh, she wrote her first volume um, and had so much fun doing it that she decided to write a second volume. And then in um, 2006, they put the two books together into one volume that has been on the shelves for the last 10 or 11 years until um, I was asked to write, uh, a, to redo the book. So this book, um, the new edition is a hundred percent new. Everything is new. Um, I, I picked some different hikes, um, about, I'd say 60 of the 125 hikes in the book were also in the other book. Um, but they, I may have approached some of them in a different way. Ever all the research is, is new on the book. Um, my, we've talked a little bit about how I have a lot of hikes along in urban areas. And that's one of the, the different focuses of this book is that there are many more hikes um, around Puget Sound, around urban areas um, than in the previous editions. And uh, the other thing is I, I found that some of the hikes um, were hard for my kids to do. So I, I decided that the books in this hike would be a little bit easier and Almost every hike in the book is under six miles in length and less than a thousand feet in elevation gain. There are a couple of uh, exceptions to that rule, um, but uh, so there, it's a little bit of an easier volume of of trails. Yeah, that's that's pretty thorough uh, description there. Um, and um, were there? I would I would assume too that there was probably some some trails that were inaccessible. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's actually some trails that you can't get to very easily now. <laughs> it's only been out for six months. Oh, so. Well, that's going to happen. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you know, a, a road washes out and then, uh, it makes it a longer hike to get to where you want to go. Uh, and that happens every single winter. It's, you know, you wait until spring and you're like, okay, what, what hike 
am I not going to be able to access this year? <laughs> That's good. Well, uh, are there any books in the future for you then? Because, I mean, um, you know, how long did this take you to write? And, and is there any books in the future uh, that you have planned or, or hoping to do? Well, this book, uh, it I wrote it over, uh, I researched it over 20 months. Um, and it, then it took about a year in the editing process too. So it was all, it was like a, it was a three year odyssey for this this book to be published. Um, so these these things take a lot of time, especially for me. I was trying to um, balance uh, the kids and writing the book, and I didn't want to uh, to wear them out as I was writing it. So turning them off to hiking because that's all we would do. So we still uh, so I figured out a way to do it and actually uh, be hiking a lot, but also uh, be able to do some other vacations and uh, adjust to their kid, the kids' uh, school schedules and things like that. Um, so I had a lot of fun. It was a blast writing it. It's something I've always wanted to do. Um, when I moved to, uh, I before I moved to, to Seattle in the mid-1990s, I hiked the Colorado Trail in uh, in Colorado, it's a 500 mile trail from Denver to Durango. And I spent much of that, those six weeks hiking, thinking about how I wished that I could write that hiking guidebook because it drove me crazy the way it was written. Um, so it's always been one of those, like I've always wanted to write a hiking guidebook and do it the way I wanted to have a book. Um, and so I, I was just so pleased to have the opportunity to write this. Uh, and I, I don't have another one that I'm working on this minute, um, because this year I am the, uh, president of my kids schools, um, uh, PTSA, and that's a full-time job. Uh, but, uh, I, I have some ideas for a, another volume of, of trails. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, of course, uh, I don't want to out you and, <laughs> and, may, and give somebody else an idea, but that's, that's good to hear. Cause, uh, like I said, I, I honestly will be recommending this to a lot of people because it, it does cover a lot of the, the things that I support when I, when I like to take my kids hiking. And, and, uh, so it's, it's perfect for that way. Um, I really wanted to, um, to ask you, I, I had, uh, I had previously interviewed, uh, you mentioned Joan Burton and, uh, I had interviewed her. I wanted to release that episode right after your episode. And so, um, you know, to kind of entice people to maybe listen to that or something. And I, I assume you've probably met Joan. And if you have, uh, you maybe you could kind of describe her and, and talk about her a little bit. Oh, I, I love Joan Burton. Um, she, uh, I've known her for years and, uh, I, I feel really honored to, uh, have had her blessing to take over this this volume of of trails, and uh, fortunately, I was able to hike with her twice um, while I was doing the research for this book. And uh, I don't know if everyone knows, but she is um, one of the things we found out that was interesting was when she originally wrote uh, um, the book in the 1980s, she was. Um, the same age as I was, as I was researching this, oh, cool. except for her kids, her kids were, uh, out of the house. They were in college, young adults. And my kids were very, much, were very much home because <laughs> when my, when I began, when I began the research, my kids were six and nine. Um, they're now, uh, 
they're now nine and 13. Uh, but uh, it was really a blast to hike with Joan. Uh, she's in her early 80s now, and she can she can out hike me. She just she has so much energy and so many stories. I hope you got some stories out of her. She uh, uh, she's and she's really one of the hiking icons of uh, of Washington. She's she's hiked with. Uh, uh, Iris Spring and Harvey Manning and uh, a lot of the the people that put our hiking trails literally on a map. She has uh, she knew and has many fabulous stories about. Um, so I just I just loved hearing uh, about how she wrote um, the book in the first place. And uh, she said that she would uh, she would write her she'd go out hiking and she'd come back and she'd write it all up. And then she would, uh, show what she wrote to, um, Iris Spring, who is, uh, he wrote the original, um, hundred hikes books for Mountaineers books, um, starting in the late sixties. And Ira had this, uh, photographic memory for trails and he'd say, Oh, you know, this is really good. I like how you wrote this here, but that's a left turn, not a right turn. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she was, she was really lucky that she had somebody helping her like that. Um, but, uh, we hiked out at Boulder river along the mountain loop and I thought, okay, you know, we'll just do that easy hike and then we'll go home. And after we were done with that, hike, she says, where we're going next. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> we went, we went off and hiked old sock together. And, uh, so yeah, she can, she can hike circles around and she still goes out with, uh, with, uh, she, I think she belongs to two different hiking groups that she hikes with weekly. Wow. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, she's uh, she's quite the character, and um, and you know, you you mentioned a long list of people that she's hiked with, and uh, she's hiked with you too. So <laughs> you put yourself on that list. Um, <laughs> uh, now, I I don't know. I was kind of reading in your about author uh, that you've done a lot of work with WTA, and that's a pretty familiar, um, you know, group even outside of the state of Washington. Um, what, you know, do you have anything to say about your, you know, your time that you spent doing that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I spent 19 years uh, either on the board or volunteering or working for Washington Trails Association. And uh, it is such a fantastic group of uh, committed hiking enthusiasts. Uh, I, uh, and, and I wouldn't have written this book without been involved with them the Washington Trails I, I mean a lot of people know it because of it of the website the hiking guide and the trip reports um, which I I use to this day to find out what the conditions are on the trail I, I actually looked today before talking to you thinking I wonder where it's been snowing recently <laughs> like where is that snow lie what what's happening with the snow um and, uh, you know, can we still access some of the great fall trails? Uh, but it, it's much more than the website. It, uh, the trail maintenance program um, has been uh, operating since 1995, I think. And it, the trails would not be as in good a shape today without Washington Trails Association. And I frankly don't know how other states do it without a uh, 
an organization with volunteers that are out doing trail maintenance. Um, and we are very fortunate to have had all like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of hours of uh, trail maintenance done by volunteers in the state. Um, and then the third thing that uh, WTA has done a lot with recently is getting kids outside. So they have a, a youth program where it's, they have a train the trainer model where uh, it's called the outdoor leadership program where they get outdoor leaders to come and they give them training um, and, and some capacity, they have little capacity grants that to get, that allow for schools and youth clubs to get kids outdoors. Um, and then they have a gear library that once you've gone through that training, you have access to a gear library where you can get tents and sleeping bags and raincoats and boots, all the things that you'd need to outfit a group to go hiking. Yeah, and and actually, huge. they have some snow. They have snowshoes and snowwear too, um, and and it's really taken off. Um, and I I love the model. I feel really fortunate because my kids go to a public school where um, they get to go camping every single year. I just got back uh, last week from four days of camping at Mount Rainier with my daughter's fourth grade class, and uh, I. But not every not every uh, school. Um, has that opportunity and um, it to see how, you know, my kids get to spend a lot of time outdoors, but not everyone does. Um, and to see those kids do something that's challenging and different and outdoors and, you know, away from the distractions of home and, uh, and struggle a little bit, but then succeed um, the pride that they have in doing that is something they really carry with them throughout the year. Yeah. I like that a lot. Well, cool, Susan. Well, Hey, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I wish we could uh, do this again sometime. You, uh, you seem like, uh, you've got a ton of knowledge and definitely some years of experience. And, uh, I appreciate, uh, you writing the book because like I said, I'm going to be using it and, uh, I'm actually heading down to Portland this week or next weekend. And, uh, I might finally stop by the Mima mounds. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Um, it's it's best in, it's best in the spring when the flowers are out. Oh, but it's see, there you interesting go. All year round. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on the Cascade Hiker Podcast. All right. Thank you. All right. That's the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to join the Patreon page. Find me at patreon.com slash Cascade Hiker Podcast. Also, hit me up uh, with an email. Rudy at CascadeHikerPodcast.com. Find me on Facebook. My Facebook page is Cascade Hiker Podcast. Twitter, find me at in underscore Cascade Hiking. And I'm Cascade Hiker Podcast on Instagram. Thanks, Whiskey Fever, for letting me use this track here, Tall Grass, off their album, Gonna Wake Up This Whole Town. Go find them at ReverbNation.com slash Whiskey Fever. Hey, see you next week. You were sweet like honey on a heartbeat. You were fine like wine in the sunshine. I could feel you coming on strong Could never be wrong, could never be wrong See her laying down in the tall grass Playing mandolin in a white dress So come running when I hear that song It could never be wrong, it could never be wrong Where you wanna run, maybe I'll run too I would leave this world for a beautiful girl If I could just find